Um, so, I wanted to start um, this morning. Like I said, it's Pentecost, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Pentecost and drawing some parallels between the Old Testament and the New. Um, and I wanted to start this, uh, this morning um, by reading a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. out of The Other America. This is what he says. Let me say, as I've always said, and will continue to say, that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met and has failed to hear the large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, humanity. And so in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these reoccurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Martin Luther King Jr. As a church, we've been going through Exodus this year. We've been looking at how God has been preparing for what is next for Israel. There are great truths uh, here. And um, I believe as a church, as we've been praying as a staff, as we've been praying together, as we've been dedicating ourselves, um, I believe that God has been preparing us as a church. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's May 31st. It's Pentecost on the church calendar. Sometimes we associate this as exclusively a New Testament idea, but it's not. It goes all the way back to Exodus. Let's talk a little bit about that. Pentecost, in tradition, is celebrated on the seventh Sunday after Easter. Easter comes from an Old Testament feast called the Feast of Weeks. God... God's people prepared this agricultural feast for thousands of years as a way to give thanks to God for the first fruits of the early spring harvest. But by the time the New Testament comes, the meaning of this feast has shifted less about crops and more about the history of God's people. We've seen in Exodus and we see in Acts, we see the narratives. God's history, his larger redemptive story is very important. That's why we have the church calendar, to realign ourselves with God's larger redemptive story. So in Acts chapter 2, when God's people are gathering from all over the world to celebrate this feast and the Spirit of God fell on them, Pentecost took on a completely new meaning. It was now about the different first fruit, Christ, who died and rose again anew in a resurrected body, as we will one day be raised up new resurrected bodies because the same spirit who lived in Christ now lives in us. This is the promise from John, John chapter 14. And at Pentecost, a new people are formed, men, women, and children from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, continuing the history of God's people and God's promise all the way back to Abraham in Genesis 12. In the Old Testament, the Feast of Weeks, happened when God gave his Torah to Moses at Mount Sinai. We see a little parallel here as well. The Holy Spirit comes Mount Zion. The Israelites left Egypt on the 15th day of the first month, 
the morning after the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And you'll note the Passover is the last of this, uh, what we are looking at when we're talking about the Last Supper, uh, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. They arrive at the foot of Mount Sinai on the first day of the third month. We see this in Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. It would have been about 40 days. Moses went up on Mount Sinai, stayed there several days, and brought back down two tablets written on stone by the finger of God. This total timeline was approximately 50 days after Passover, the Feast of Weeks. It was when it was supposed to be held. In Jewish traditions, time to celebrate the occasion in which God revealed himself his, to his people and made a covenant with them by giving his written instructions on how to live, the Torah. Why is this of significance to us today as Christians? The great event described in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit appeared and rested as tongues of fire on individual believers, it occurs, Feast of Weeks. The same day the Jews were celebrating God's giving of his Torah on tablets of stone, the Holy Spirit came and wrote his Torah on people's hearts. This confirmed God's promises in in Jeremiah 31, and this is what Jesus is talking about when he's going the ascension in Acts 1-4. Those gathered in the time of Acts knew this history. This is the context in which Pentecost comes. God is showing up again in the same way he did before. They see fire and smoke and hear voices and the place is shaking violently. And they ask, God, what are you trying to tell us? Looking at the history of the Feast of Weeks and what God did there makes the story of Acts deeper, increases our faith. That's what we're asking for today. God tells them to prepare, Acts 1-4. I mentioned it, I mentioned it again. God has been telling us, as I said, uh, to prepare. Philippians 3, 12-16. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone does not, is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. And George has already talked about how God has been preparing us he started in a, in a big way last fall and through our time of fasting and prayer. And this scripture speaks to me in so many ways because there's been times in my life where I haven't felt like I could move forward, that somehow what I had done had disqualified me from moving ahead in my faith and being who God was calling me to be. And... That was crippling. But when you read these 
words of Jesus. That we can forget the past and strive forward for all that God has for us. There's hope in those, in those words. There's hope for all of us. We're not just going to church together at the same place for no reason. I truly believe in my spirit that God, that God has called each one of us for such a time as this, to be part of this body together. There's a reason we're here. There's a reason you're watching this uh, Sunday morning or whenever you're watching, even if it's your first time, there's a reason that God has called this body together. He's given us each gifts. He put us together. He fit us together. Each one of us is just as important as the other one. We each have a gift that God wants us to fan into flame, to pursue him with everything we are and everything we have. This isn't a time to be fearful. It's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time to just wait for something to happen. This is our opportunity as individuals, but more importantly as a corporate body, to say, Jesus, what would you have us do? Where would you have us go? If God is calling you to go to a neighbor, go. If God is calling you to go to the other side of the city, go. If God is calling you to ask someone to go with you, ask them. Listen to that still small voice that's speaking to your heart, that's asking you to take a step, to trust him. Part of, that's what part of this whole Pentecost thing is. When the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had a boldness. They weren't shrinking back. They weren't thinking back about what happened before. They were striving towards what is ahead. It didn't matter that they had failed Christ in any way before that. He told them, like, go, feed my sheep, do what I've called you to do. Don't look back. I love this last part where it says, and let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. That's what we want. We want that filling. We want that fire of the Holy Spirit to ignite our hearts so that we do go out in boldness with one passion and allow God to continue to refine us and move us in the direction that he wants us to go. Earlier this week, I woke up in the morning and I had a song in my spirit, uh, the song Build My Life. And I love the chorus of that song. It says, holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And I feel like that's what we need. And I asked Tyler if he would record that song for us so that we can uh, worship with that as our prayer today before we go.